Yeah, so the first thing I noticed, uh, Lee and Rob, was, um, okay, well, the first thing we should say is that this uh, John Travolta stars in this film, The Fanatic, made in 2019, and um, I wonder what's kept it. It's quite late on in 2020, and it seems, you know, I wonder if they had problems either releasing it or getting it out, or it just seems just seems a long time um, in this in this kind of day and age. Um, John Travolta plays a character called Moose, who I believe is autistic. And I, I, Liam Rob, I don't yeah. know if was this mentioned at all in the film. It said on the sleeve notes that he was autistic. Travolta's confirmed in interviews he is on the spectrum, so it just doesn't mention it in the movie. But yeah, it is. Uh, so he's, so the character is autistic. I just found it really funny yeah. that they didn't mention it at all. This kind of no, well, he doesn't. He, yeah, yeah. There's no. There's no. Uh... No, no other, other characters tease him and mock him, but he doesn't actually ever get called. Um, they never actually diagnose him, do they? So, it's... so uh, the film starts with that inspirational uh, fake quote from uh, Hunter Dunbar. Oh, yes. Without the fans, we're nothing kind of thing. And this is, yeah. this is what the, the other character says. The other character is called um, Hunter. Hunter Dunbar. Is it Hunter Dunbar? Hunter Dunbar, yeah. 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 Hunter Dunbar, and he's uh, played so- by uh, Devon Sauer, I think it is, isn't it? The the guy who did uh, uh, Stan, who played Stan in, in the Eminem video. Ah, is that who? I can't remember that. Oh, yeah, it's. He's he so skilly in that. Oh, well done, Lee. Good bit of research. Stan. It was in a. It was in a couple of fil- good films actually. There's a comedy horror from the nineties, a bit of a stoner horror called Idle Hands. That's definitely oh. worth checking out if you've not seen it. Oh, I have seen, seen that. that, yeah. yeah I think you're, you're, you're full of all the recommendations of films that I've not seen. Let me just write that And I think he's in The Final Destination, or one of them at least, the first one, I think. Yeah, right. that, yeah when Final Destination, before it became yeah. a pile of shit, it was, uh, yeah, he was in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good. I actually thought he was pretty good in it, really. I thought his, his acting was pretty decent, really. A fine performance, really. Yeah, well, he, yeah. He, he, he's okay. He comes off um, not too badly. So Travolta yeah. is an autistic um, collector of movie memorabilia and, um, you know, someone who, he, he lives in LA, uh, in Hollywood, and um, um, he's, uh, you know, he's obsessed with, uh, he's obsessed with Hollywood and movies, and he's obsessed in particular with one one actor who's fictional uh, actor called Hunter Dunbar, and um and he's played by Lee, as you said. His uh, oh, what's his name again? Devin Sower. Devin Sower. Yeah. So that's, that's Sower. And, and this this is kind of these are kind of the, the, the main parts of the plot. The the title of fanatic kind of fanatic is you know someone who's who's fanatic about something is uh, you know a bit overzealous about something. It might be a religion or obsessed with something. Um, and this is this is definitely relating to uh, the John Travolta character, I think. Yeah, his whole world and motivation is this one guy, and uh, he like 
it gives him the embodiment of everything that you know the uh, the dream of living in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the one to Dunbar is in the film. Starts with an amazing first line. I don't know about you. The uh, he walks into the collectibles shop in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, and he's like, uh, can't talk long. Got a poo. I can't talk too long. I got a poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's literally we are given milliseconds to adjust to. Uh, we will talk about this, I'm sure. The look of John Travolta in this film, which is like the best hairpiece in the world. A mullet hairpiece and a, the loudest Hawaiian shirt, and um, he's got a shave got, above the ears, isn't it? Yeah, um, and he's got a paunch, and he's and he's, he's he's like stumbling around, and so it takes you a few seconds to think shit because when you look at the the box cover, you think that's not John Travolta. I thought it was someone else. I didn't, mm. I didn't. Yeah. And then and suddenly you think shit, that is John Travolta because he does that John Travolta smile occasionally. Yes, and it then, does come out. Yeah, there's there's a few little scenes where he kind of has a bit of. I don't know if they're yeah. meant to be humorous or slightly kind but of then, but yeah, there's a bit of that kind of. Trouble. And we should talk about the uh, the wig as well. The the piece it's is amazing. Uh, it's, it needs a credit. It's own film credit. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's uh, <laughs> it's definitely twenty 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 uh, lockdown hair, isn't it? It's definitely got a, a pandemic vibe going on. Is it? Is, um, it, a syrup? is it a syrup? Is it a syrup? Uh, <laughs> I think it used to live on Terry Wogan's head at one time. It might have done. It might have. It might have escaped. Oh, Paul Daniels, maybe. Yeah. 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 Maybe like you know, a wind, a gust of wind has blown Paul Weller's uh, hair off and landed on John But I am. Um, I mean, this is you know, credits and stuff. But like, for an actor to actually make himself look that awful is a big step, isn't it? Because actors can be yeah. quite vain. And uh, I've never seen Travolta look this terrible. So, uh, you know, when I first oh, saw I don't, that... I don't know, Rob. I don't know about that. <laughs> he's had a good go. He's got close. He's seen Look Who's Talking 3. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but when I first... In the first it, it, I, I couldn't, it took me a good five to ten minutes just to get over him looking like that. But, um, mm. yeah. There's something think... engrossing about his performance, though, isn't it? It's hard to take your eyes off. You just don't know what he's going to do next, really, do you? He's kind That's of right. And actually, yeah. like watching a car, a car crash in slow motion or something. <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, the first line just immediately kind of throws you because, uh, hang on, you know, if you, di- if you didn't know about the autism uh, angle of the, of the character, you'd think, what's, what's going on here? He says, oh, I can't yeah. do too long, I've got to poo. And he it's... looks the way he does. It, it, it does kind of, it throws you off balance, I'd say, um, to start it's... with. Yeah, and it's 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 almost like autism one oh one, isn't it? If you if you had an actor, you know, like a method actor shop and you said play autistic and then mm. they keep on trying to copy Dustin Hoffman from Rayman and keep on saying I like driving on a Sunday. And 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 it's almost like you know, he didn't trust himself to play it straight autism. He had to he had to dress the part and have the weird haircut. Um yeah. he, he didn't trust his acting chops to just pull it off. No, and he I had mean... to he had to look as you know so ridiculous. Well, that's the point. But John, John, I mean, John Travolta's no, no Dustin Hoffman or Al Pacino. No. I'd say he's, you know, he's, he's a good, charismatic actor. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think he's got the chops really to to do a no. realistic portrayal like that. So he needs the he needs the props. He needs the hair. He needs the he needs know, the strange mannerisms. And... He's chosen every cliche, hasn't he, of somebody oh. who's got a mental 
disorder of some type or whatever. Uh, um, it's just the rock, the rocking backwards and forwards is the most obvious one, isn't it? Like you would think of as an actor, but it's you want the rocking, you want the head, you want the hit in their own head, you want, uh, you know, you want, uh, you know, sudden bouts of aggression with no build up. Uh, which <laughs> now, hang on. now you mentioned yeah. sudden bouts of aggression with no build up. There are a couple <laughs> of instances of that in the film. Which we'll come yeah. to in a bit. Yeah, we'll come to that um, later. But um, but it's got it's got every cliche. So even though they don't diagnose him in the film, you know it's like a, it's screaming. I'm playing autistic. I'm playing you know somebody very high on the special needs register. Yes. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's watchable. You know his. You know uh, Lee, Lee said this to me the other day. He said like you can't stop looking at him. It's uh, you know it, it has you in that sense. Does that does that make yeah. it a good performance from Travolta in that case? No, is it, no. Is, is it possible possible to have a good a good acting performance of a totally flawed character? You know, a totally unnuanced current character like Moose is. Is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's it's kind of uh, committed. I'd say it's not a good performance, but it's a committed <laughs> performance. It's committed, but the material. Oh, is, so the material is limited. The the, the yeah. writing and the material is just perhaps not there as it should it is, be. I mean, uh, I know he started with him in Face Off, but it was a very um, Nicholas Cage's type performance. Mm. Nicholas Cage would have been perfect. Can he you would imagine have what Nicholas like Cage would have done with this thing? <laughs> Crikey! Do you reckon? Do you reckon they offered it in first? They might have done. Although I didn't it, know it's Travolta's name again. As as with Pedro yeah. last week, Travolta is one of the name producers on this. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. you know that's got to be some kind of incentive for them and to get involved with these projects. A certain. A certain Everton chairman as well, Bill Kenwright, is in there as well. That thing, yeah. that thing blew my mind straight away. But Bill Kenwright is is the chairman of Everton Football Club, amongst and you know, uh, he's a big um, um, enthusiast about uh, theatres. Theatre uh, darling, in yeah. UK. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's quite you know quite a, quite a wealthy chap. Um, so yeah, to, to see this was kind of produced or co-financed by. By him was uh, yeah. getting that through me as well. It was like, hang on, is maybe, this... maybe his mates with Fred Durst who uh, directs it, <laughs> and he's a big Limp Biscuit fan. <laughs> have, we mentioned, have we mentioned the Durst yet? Have we mentioned the Durst? I don't think we. No, have. we've not even mentioned Durst at all. No, yeah, we should explain no. who Durst is. Yeah, let's have the Durst down. The yeah, Limp so, Biscuits. So Fred Durst, uh, founding member of. Uh, Nineties um, alt rock band uh, Limp Biscuit. Are you reading <laughs> that from? Um, are you reading no, that from? Like IMDb, no, not IMDb. The other one. To be fair, <laughs> Wikipedia. To be, well, not to be fair to you, my uh, my knowledge of Limp Biscuit is so vague from the time. But they were like a band. If I heard them on the radio, or I heard them in a club. I would have actually walked away. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I had to re- I had to read like a wiki about them, mm. you know, and to remind myself how you know moderately successful they were. Didn't they do the Mission Impossible Two theme music? I think. Oh, I'm sure they did that. And who? Which group um, did the? Um, there was a cover of uh, Michael Jackson. Um, oh no, that's Alien Ant Farm. Who did that? Was that them? Or Alien Ant Farm. No. Alien Ant Farm. Yeah. Alien Ant Farm. Yeah. I don't blame you. Superior band. <laughs> it could have been them. <laughs> yeah. The, um, there was another band who was responsible for illiteracy in American youth because Limp Bizkit's name was spelled correctly, is it? It hasn't got like a K in it or some crap. Are you blaming Limp Limp, the likes of Limp Biscuit 
and uh, <laughs> for the American uh, State Park. System. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lincoln Park and Limp Biscuit, but Biz Bizkit it's spelled, isn't it? But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah, awful band. And um, I, I actually listened to something Biscuit after the film, just to you know, just just to see if I was being a bit harsh. But no, they really were dire. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't pass judgment. I've, I, I've, I'm like you. I've, I, I've really mm. never heard anything yeah. that they've done. I've never sought them out. Um, so I don't know what I'm missing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't I, think I, they were that big in the UK, were they? Really? I think they were more of a US band, really, weren't they? I don't think they hit it big side. over it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And so Durst is the kind of the band leader. He's the lead singer. Um, yeah, I don't know whether also mm. wrote, he wrote most of it. He says. The Wikipedia describes them as marked by Durst aggressive lyrics, and 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 some other guy in the band Sonic Sonic Landscapes. Um. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Guys, the the cover of the film, um, mm. the cover of the film. I don't know if you've if you've seen it, but the poster for the film to me screams horror. Yes, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. marketed quite clearly as a horror film, and to me, it seemed yeah. as though it would be that kind of film where. Um, you know, a, a mentally ill person subjects a well-known celebrity to a series of mm. horrors, and yeah. it, it wasn't really. It's not really that. I don't think no. it's really that no. at all. Um, it's, we, it's more of a drama, really. Yeah, and it's it's also. I think it does wobble into dark comedy on purpose, but also then it also accidentally falls into dark comedy, black comedy. It kind of goes horrific yeah. later on. Yeah. We'll talk about it more, but we mm. there's obviously. It, for me, that just seemed to come. It was just a bolt out of the blue. It just came from nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? It's, what it's, is this? You know. No, it's yes. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, so we yeah. talked about the poo line. We've we've done the poo. We talked about. Ken so he was. Can we talk? He about... was in the. Um, he was in the shop to uh, to buy collectibles, wasn't he? I think he was. Uh, yeah, yes. The guy. The guy tells him about the book signing. Um, and I think he buys that jacket from Space Vampires, which was an excellent film. Do everybody remember that one? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Lee. Space Vampires. Rico. Uh, yeah, I, I remember Space Vampires because... <laughs> yeah, with Rico, yeah. It was the original title of a um, mid-80s science fiction film, which ended up being called Life Force. Yeah. It was made by the Cannon Group. Oh. Um, and it's like a, it was all filmed in England and um, check it out. It's a, it's really, really good film, but originally it's original title and the novel it was based on was space vampires, but they didn't end up oh. calling it that. So I don't know if that's some kind of nod to the film life force. Um, they don't seem, it doesn't seem to be, it might be totally random, but Jackie, yeah, the, the me... jacket is supposed to be from that film. Oh, is that a real jacket from a real? Yeah. No, no, no. The, the, the jacket's not from the film, yeah. but yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's some, some kind of like um, odd film film buff reference. Uh, maybe that's that's what I thought. But yeah, it's a leather jacket. It says Rico on it. So he it, yeah. he says to the guy, "Oh, I, I, I got to buy it. I got to buy it." And yeah. he says, "I can only I can only pay three hundred dollars." And and the guy says, "You know what? Just because it's you, I'll I'll give you the jacket. Yeah, yeah, get, then pay me you. back. Pay me back before the the end of the year." Yeah. It, it totally you know, so obviously it's like Moose is liked by people, yeah. and uh, mm. I, I do kind of wonder why. Um, as the film goes on, but it, it does seem that he is liked. 
people have a bit yeah, of a soft spot for him. No, but I, 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 I'm not sure if like this seems total exploitation, or exploitation of a special needs guy. Even he has this uh, paparazzi friend as well, doesn't he? This girl who keeps on dropping in, who's also the voiceover woman. That's and right. She, yeah. yeah, yeah, Leah. She keeps on dropping in. She occasionally does pointless exposition voiceovers for the film, and. And she uses him. She constantly pushes him towards her, being more of a fanatic. And then, like, she has a go at him for getting more obsessed with, like, um, you know, Dunbar and films and everything. And yeah, then the guy she, in the show... I was just going to say, Rob, she introduces him to this app, which is like, yeah. a, you know, um, map. Uh, it's kind of like an online map to the map of the stars, isn't it? Yeah. In Hollywood's where, you know, it makes it a bit easier somehow. I'm sure he would have known anyway. But it seems to make it a bit easier for um, for Moose basically, to find his hero. Yeah, she basically sets him up to become a stalker, and yeah. then and then she has a go at him for being a stalker. <laughs> this, this is a guy. She's the kind of person that would uh, bake you a load of cakes and then sort of take the piss out of you for gaining weight. You know, a few weeks later, isn't she? She's a total. She's a total feeder. Total. total oh, you've, been, you've been eating cakes, have you? And yeah, she she's a bit of an odd bod, I think, because um, she's providing the the kind of the narration occasionally, yeah, of of events mm. that she wouldn't have known what had happened. Well, um, there's a really bizarre opening narrative, isn't there? About you know basically about Hollywood being a you know the, the land of dreams, but really it's a, yeah. it's the land of shit. You know, and, I'd even and, forgotten and, about that. Yeah, there is, and it's. I have to say, when I first put it on, I thought, "Have I have I bought the right film here?" Yeah. You know, when it started, I thought, "This this is not the film that I've bought." Anyway, it, it, it soon it quickly turned into John Travolta on a scooter riding down the road. So, I thought, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, humping his scooter. Here we are. Can we mention? Can we mention that when he gets the recoil jacket, just to remind yeah. us that he is special needs, he wears the jacket back to front, and uh, Mister Exposition, who's the man in the shop. Uh, reminds him he's wearing it. He reminds him he's wearing it the wrong way, and he goes, "I don't mind. I like it that way." And then he's riding round, and it's it's a really long. It's about ten minutes of footage in of him just riding round yeah. the dirtiest parts of Hollywood with the jacket on back to front. And is is this the scene where he? There's a scene where he's riding around, and he just randomly <laughs> he ends up. His kind of bike explodes. Oh, he yeah. kind of falls onto pavement. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I think the next scene is he goes um, back to his flat and then he's kind of rehearsing what he's going to say to Hunter Dunbar. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a bit where he says, just say something, and he kind of stops himself, but he's going to say, say something stupid to the character, you know, and they left that bit in the the movie, which was weird. That was a bit of a goof. But he's he's kind of rehearsing the speech. Yeah, it was kind of, there's quite a few goofs in there, but that was one of them. Um, it's so, really I mean, that, that's a that's quite a big editing problem, isn't it? Really, yeah. for, you know, just um, <clears throat> a bit of lack of care and attention. Mm. Um, but, but like Cal said earlier about this is somebody who's light, but and we, we start to question why. Because yes, usually if you had someone with, with special needs in the film, there's usually likable traits and people care and tender. But he plays him so hard. Does it? There's no. There's, Moose is really unlikable. It's really difficult. He's like, he doesn't smile or he doesn't have much levity. Does it? It's like really no. humanity. Yeah. Like, I, I expect you two probably know autistic people as as I do, and yeah. 
they're, they're most of the time they're they're perfectly, you know, that they 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 present normally, don't they? Um, yeah, people exactly. do it for most it, of the time. But so they, I, sorry, I was just going to say, just on on that basis, this this depiction by Travolta is um, is kind of a bit. Well, it's 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 false, you know. It, it kind of rings hollow. He, he, we don't. You uh, always know he's acting. You always know he's acting with Truffaut. I think yeah. that's the that's the thing. You know, if well, it's Al if it's Al Pacino or Hoffman or De Niro, you you'd be you, you'd really buy them. You'd be buying them in the role. You'd say, yeah, okay, yeah. you know, um, or maybe Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer might might blow it away. <laughs> if Val Kilmer's back, <laughs> I think if you're part of the uh, autism community though you'd probably be very thankful that this this movie only made three thousand dollars at the theaters oh lee <laughs> I mean, i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that yes because uh, if it, you've got a kid very in school release. you know yeah imagine if having a kid in school that has autism and and kind of oh. this had been a hit movie it would have been an absolute nightmare for them it would have it been like such yeah. a mean movie really. look, look i mean luckily been, uh... i think most films are hits by Ultimately, they can be promoted, you know, as as well as you like. But without good word of mouth, I don't think a film could be a hit. And I mean, anyone who gone to see mm. this film would never have recommended it to, you know, the person they work with or, you saying know, their, that, their family members. Saying that, I was I was chatting to someone today, uh, 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 another couple today, and and I was chatting to him, the the husband of the family. I was chatting to him, and I told him about this film. And uh, I've gone and you know given them another another viewer because <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether I've done you know done that guy any favors by saying watch the fanatic, but like it's people are curious, you know, well, it's a curious. Rob, you told him, you told him it's bad, right? You told yeah, him I did it's bad. You've not said this is a film. You, this is a must see. No, this I did say. Well, I, yeah, no, I told him it would hurt. <laughs> but it's 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 a pain that you can You've live given with. Giving him all the information, yeah. he just and you know he can make his own decision now, can't he? I think it's seen. You, yeah, Travolta play special. That's <laughs> you've lost a friend, Rob. You've just lost a friend. You know, <laughs> not we're not having any more restaurant meets with uh, with that Rob. No, not a no, chance. It's um, a... That, that fanatic weirdo. <laughs> but so the fact Lee, is, we, yeah, I'm Rob. Sorry. No, I was just saying, if it wasn't for like you guys in this podcast, I suppose I would have never seen the fanatic. So maybe there was like you know fate intervened, and that's what gave an extra few viewers for the fanatic. I never, I it was Carl, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never have seen Pader, and this this was again <laughs> these films crop up in Sainsbury's, which is the only Ooh. way I find out about them. And so that's you're trying I, to uh, suggest that we're living in Sainsbury's, picking out, <laughs> pick. <laughs> <laughs> going through their bins to, to see what's in there. Yeah. You, know, you can just pop it. Yeah, it's not necessary That's to sell. Moose camp, no. You're turning into Moose, aren't you, Rob? That's what Moose would just hang around in the shop. In the That's video. The power this, this podcast is not sponsored by Sainsbury's. Other supermarkets are available. I should just point out. <laughs> but if yeah. they want to sponsor us, we're very welcome. Yeah, yeah, we'll take, we'll take anything you've got, definitely. Yeah, uh, throw us a Beer and crisps, please. Yeah, get, a, get a retweet, retweet, please. We'll uh, we could do this every week, couldn't we? Kind of just uh, mention where we've seen or where we. Oh might yeah, we, seen, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Films and products. And, um, Going back to um, Moose's uh, ally in the film, who's supposed to be his great friend, she could see Moose is quite unhinged uh, about you know how much he loves this Dunbar uh, actor, and uh, and then she. Uh, 
she provides him with the <laughs> complete uh, guide to like she provides him with a map to the stars, doesn't she? She provides him with an app. She sets him well, up. Um... They break into that party, don't they? She's working oh. at the party where, where Dunbar's going to be, allegedly. She's packing and the he, party. She's getting the pics. Yeah, Moose, yeah. Yeah. Moose brings scissors to a bolt cutter party. Uh, <laughs> and then she gives him a leg over the uh, fence. And he's like, am I okay? Am I okay? And uh, he kind of makes his way <laughs> makes his way into the party. And then yeah, asks for a, he asks for a milkshake at the, the bar. With oh, yeah. real ice cream. Now, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, <laughs> really good point because this scene, to me, this is this is the, the quality of the writing. A person <laughs> with autism knows that in a bar, exactly, you're not going to get a milkshake. That is just stupidity. That's just someone who's not like a child. Yeah. You know, well, that's uh, that. That's what's you know. It's another uncomfortable scene, is it? Because the fact is, this this great friend of his, she hitches him over a, a wired fence. Yeah. You know, a guy with autism. She knows he's probably going to not, you know, handle himself very well in this like you know celebrity party. Yeah. And uh, and then she helps him get in. And if it, they've it done doesn't... this before, yeah. If they've done this before, this would have this would have happened every single time. If, yeah. if that's how he is. And then he yeah. finds Amanda, um, who he mentions she was great in uh, Kill or Be Killed. That's another classic. Do we all remember that one? <laughs> Kill or Be Killed. Kill or be killed. A 1981 martial arts film with uh, oh. James Ryan, I think. Are you suggesting that they use real titles then all the way through this? But like, you know, titles <laughs> for, for fiction. There's obvious yeah. one later, isn't there, which, I'll, yeah. which we'll get to once we kind of come to the yeah. home invasion part of the film. What we've not mentioned is that Moose puts on his finest shirt to go to this party, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Um, and it's again, it's another hideous Hawaiian shirt, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then he gets a stain on it, of course, and he's distraught by that, and he's angry. And then he's at the party, and of course, it, you know, by being Moose at the party, it, they're not going to want him to stay because he starts becoming the, you know, he starts asking for autographs and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they could have just really given him the autograph. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, can we can we mention it as well? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, this hostility shown towards Moose, isn't there? And I can understand also the audience being hostile because we're wondering why Travolta's playing him so badly. But it's like everyone in the film openly is hostile to him. Um, within seconds, there's like no. There's no, there's no compassion. There's no build-up. I don't know whether Fred Durst is saying this is Hollywood. You know, everyone is like shit, and it is. I've not been to Hollywood, but I'm sure not everyone, not every single person, can really just despise you on first glance and then not want to speak to you. Well, but if, I don't know. Funny enough, in that scene, the actress seems yeah. quite warm, and, yeah. and the lady mm-hmm. she's with is quite warm towards him. It's only when kind of the the security staff come over. Yeah. That, you know, it becomes it becomes kind of a, a, a an issue then when they have to kind of take him out of the building. Um, but yeah, I uh, I agree. There is a kind of a lot of hostility towards him, and I, I did think at the end of the film, I thought, what is the what is the mean? What's the underlying message behind this film? Like, what was the writer thinking about when they were writing it? I, I just say, well, say, I read that it was based on you know some personal experience of. Fred Durst's attitude to fame and um, Hollywood and, you know, celebrity life. I mean, but 
I, I can't imagine anyone being that bothered enough with Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit, but obviously there must be, you know, to be to be that bothered enough to queue for hours to get the autograph of a, a bland uh, band, but maybe there is, you know. I'm sure there yeah. is a Limp Bizkit fan, but... I don't know. So, yeah, so, um, anyway, um, Moose goes to the this, uh, this book signing where he's, um, his hero... Oh no! There's a there's a there's a quick one before that. They go back to the oh, flat, uh, and uh, Leah shows up at the flat. Oh yeah, and confronts yeah. him about getting kicked out of the party. Um, yes, and she basically mentions him acting like a maniac, and he says, "Oh yeah, maniac. That's a great movie. Not that crappy remake. It's the new one I like." So he he, contra- he tr- contradicts himself in that line because he's saying it's the. It's the, the the first one was great, you know. The second one was crappy. No, but it's the new one I like, you know. So it's totally contradicted himself yeah, again. So yeah. another goof, just bad directing, really. You know, it's bad, it is. bad directing by a lead singer of Limp Biscuit. Yeah, who would have <laughs> <What>? thought? <laughs> Do the funky, yeah. yeah it's like... <laughs> we then cut to uh, Moose and his policeman Bobby outfit for the first oh, time. Oh, shit. Oh, how, could we, oh, how could we miss that? Out? Can't miss that scene. That's amazing. So basically, Moose is uh, working Hollywood Boulevard streets. He's dressing uh, as an English Bobby and English putting on a Dick, Van, uh, a Dick Van Dyke accent. Slash, um, I was thinking of also Keanu Reeves in Bram Stoker's Dracula. There's a bit of that. Yeah. Travolta's up there with those two. And he rehearses, doesn't he? In the in the toilet in the toilet mirror, he rehearses this impression he's got, where he keeps going, "Poppycock, meet the be- <laughs> meet the meet the Beatles, the Beatles are here, <laughs> Hollywood." And um and yeah, and he, he's really honest with profession. It kind of shows that obsessive nature, I suppose. That he's really he is the fanatic. He's the fanatic about getting this right because he he loves and he, he respects Hollywood, doesn't he? And he wants to give the uh, the tourists and everyone coming along the, the boulevard, he wants to give them a treat of meeting this, you know, the celebrity world, the glamour. Um, but, and then, and this is where you other guys want to mention the, the other characters he meets on the boulevard. Oh, uh, Todd, Todd the God and yeah. uh, Slim. Oh, God, yeah. Um, so they're doing like a grift. They're doing a kind of pickpocket regime where the uh, uh, Todd sort of pierces, does some fake blood on his nose and sort of, Imitates putting uh, yeah, kind of nail through oh. his nose, and then the other guy does a pickpocket. So they've got a bit of a scam going on. Yeah, and and then of course Moose is appalled by the, these because it's completely against everything that Hollywood represents. But it also uh, seems as though Moose has been was previously a partner of uh, what's the first character called? Is it yeah, Todd, Todd the Bob? He, he seems to be <laughs> Todd. Todd the God. Before it seems to imply that you know he he'd done the he'd done the stealing, he'd done the pickpocket. It did, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he, he can Todd... imagine how that would have gone. You know, I don't think mm. he'd have stolen a dollar, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. He'd, he'd have been caught straight away. Um, and it and it has to show that Todd has got a drug problem, doesn't it? Because yes. it, it, it shows that Todd is like, you know, getting this money to blow it on drugs. Uh, Todd again, is everything. Another aggressive, character, yeah. another aggressive character who, you know, in a couple of other scenes takes out aggression on um, on Moose. On Moosey Boosey, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... um, so, yeah, thank, thanks for that, Lee. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were definitely taking extensive notes this time. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think... Uh, not obliterated those scenes, but... Uh, 
I just think Lee's got an ident memory for bad films. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I've been thinking of how I can rewrite this film, so it's got it's got into my psyche, my, my being, and everything. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. taken yeah, over my life. I I was thinking about how you'd rewrite this film to make it kind of effective, and there was, I, I think maybe it's a really obvious trick. But we'll I would yeah, we'll talk about it later. But there's a certain yeah, a certain path I would. The final questions at the end. How would we have yeah. uh, rewritten that film? Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah, yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. So should we get to the book signing then? Uh, not yeah, the book signing. The, the, sign, the signature. Yeah. So so he's in the queue for the autographs, and of course it's he. It implies that he's been there hours. It. I think it even does the crap of showing a clock moving slowly and crap. He and does the, state later on that he'd waited for a couple of hours, but then he. he yeah. Exaggerate, I think it says 200 hours or something like it's, that. Yeah, Moose gets it wrong. We've been there hours, but it's and at, at Dunbar's getting ratty. And Dunbar, quite you know, quite uh, innocuous, quite a normal thing to happen is his family life um, um, knocks on the door of uh, um, him being a celebrity, doesn't it? So he has to deal with like his ex wife and his child who are waiting outside and he has to the talk to them. The timing is not great of this event, is it? The timing's not no. great because. Um, uh, this is just just before Moose is about to get all his uh, all his yeah. signed by by Hunter Dunbar. Yeah, anyway, um, and it winds him up because he's dealing with his ex-wife, and and then Moose follows him, and uh, immediately he's, he's being quite polite, Moose, and very enthusiastic as you man. He's met his idol for the first time, and he's he's like he's, he's saying how he loves all his videos, he loves all his DVDs. He what can he sign this? Can he sign that? And straight off the bat. Dunbar is ultra aggressive, isn't it? He? he threatens to punch him in the face. He threatens to like sign his sign his knuckles in your face. Is the line or something? Now, this is and what it's... I didn't understand about this character because he, he no. He, there are many scenes where he's kind of threatening violence, and he threatens, yeah. and he threatens, and he threatens. And I can understand that. For in in, in one sense, he's like the you know Hollywood leading man. Mm. He's probably you know used to lots of people saying yes to him. No one ever saying no to him, and getting what he wants. And so you can understand that side of his character, um, I think. But yeah, he's, he's kind of he's aggressive a lot. Um, yeah, what what it does is immediately remove sympathy for him, and and you've already lost sympathy for Moose because Moose is a bit of a dick. So I, I read this somewhere else that you know what, who is the bloody protagonist in the film? There is there is no one to root for, is there? There's no one to actually. So that's straight away they've lost you. You I know, you that's you one know of the things that makes it makes it quite yeah. a depressing uh, experience. Once you kind of come to the end, you're like, "What was I supposed yeah. to be?" Um, you know, kind of watching there, or how was I meant to be feeling? And, you know, although you don't like to be spoon fed these things, yeah, because it, it's quite normal. I mean, they could have made Dunbar sympathetic because he's dealing with like a broken down marriage, and he's got you know he's struggling, and he, his fame is on the way, and so they could he's have made him more human. Child who's got a little, yeah. Know, a kind of relationship going with and it, it, it kind of shows a part of that relationship later but, on. But because they made him such a dick at the beginning, they made him such an arsehole, he's so nasty towards somebody who's blatantly got special needs. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody in the right mind, even though like a stressed out Hollywood actor, would initially threaten ultra violence <laughs> on somebody with this much like level of autism. And surely a film star with some savvy yeah. would, would yeah. immediately think I need to, you know, I need to play this one. I need to play this one, you know, coolly because if, yeah. if the press get hold of this, they'll they'll crucify me for, you know, um, being aggressive towards a fan. So, uh, 
if they shot this a bit differently, I think if it had been in a, a restaurant, perhaps with his wife, because he's he's kind of getting divorced from his wife, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And if they'd been trying to get back together, and perhaps like Moose had just sat down and kind of tried to get the books book signed, then you would have had more sympathy for for Hunter Dunbar. But at this point, yeah, like with outside, he's at a book signing, so he should expect yeah, well, to have to sign books, shouldn't he? You know? Or yeah. he's benefiting him in some way. And actually, he just. He just bins off the entire job, doesn't he? At that point, he says he does. He just bins it off, and he also and he threatens to he threatens to uh, you know completely like beat up somebody with autism who's been waiting in line for hours. I mean, he just wants a few items signed. And yeah, fair been, enough. Because, you're right. Has been quite polite. He's been quite polite, hasn't he? Uh, oh, at that point, he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not even a fanatic at that point. He's a no. just a fan. <laughs> what does he say now? Something I'm going to sign your face from a fist, and that'll be a collector's item or something like that. That's it. Yeah, that's the line. And that, and then Moose, you know, Moose does like looks down at the floor, and he's like, you know, "That's the first little flash you do get sympathy for him." But then, uh, you know, Moose carries on being a dick, so you know, <laughs> you, that disappears instantly. Yes. So that was, uh, that's their first encounter, and so yeah. yeah. That happens, and then um, they go back to the bar. They meet Leah in the bar, and uh, Moose asks Leah, "How do you find celebs?" So this is the bit where she introduced uh, yeah. Lucy to the star. Is it Starfinder or Star Map or something? That's I think it, it's yeah. yeah, the Star it Map. She turns out to be an enabler, a bit like when you said, you know, like somebody keeps on feeding fat people and they get fatter. She's she's like the lady washing the fat person. <laughs> she it with a Brillo pad. She she straight away tells Moose and like you know he's obviously getting more and more wound up about how he can find stars. I mean, she's not that stupid that she doesn't think Moose is going to use that app to hunt down Hunter Dunbar. But it's like yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like giving somebody a handgun. There, yeah, there you can just play around with it. You'll be okay, you know, don't you're not going to use it. Are you? Don't shoot don't anyone. Shoot anyone. <laughs> or anything. Oh, actually, to be fair to her, to be fair to Leah, at the beginning, doesn't she say in the narration at the beginning that she kind of feels responsible for it all? Possibly. Yeah, you might write that. Do you think, Lee and Rob, do you think they added the narration <laughs> After the yeah. film was all over, yes, and they, yes, they definitely. Watched the film and thought, yeah, oh, some people are not going to understand some of the nuances of this. So, yeah, we'll add a voiceover in a couple of parts just to. Oh, but Travolta it was almost like holiday. um the other actor Devon Sowers off doing a TV show. Who yeah, could... it wasn't a complex plot. We didn't need no. any guidance. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It was almost like they had a, a puzzle of a beautiful Monet painting, and then as they start putting the puzzle together, a big pile of shit appears. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Blade Runner, isn't it? It's like Blade Runner. Whenever you see a narration on a film that seems yeah. like odd, like why is this person narrating? It's probably yeah, fine that they've added it later. It's almost, I think it was almost Fred Durst just saying, um, you know, trying to make the, you know, the film feel more profound than it actually is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently they put this film out for consideration for an award. You know, they were, I think they were going for the Oscar. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's the best joke you've heard. Interesting bits at the end, but those, it did win a couple of awards. Wow. Not even one award, it was nominated for three. You know Best hairpiece in a movie. I'll tell you yeah. what they are. So a few Razzies. <laughs> three Golden Raspberry Awards. Um, oh wow! Sorry, no, it was nominated for three. It's nominated yeah. for Best Picture, Best Director, yeah. 
and mm. Best Actor. And Travolta actually won the Golden Oh, Rock. cool. So, Good on uh, him. Yeah, Did he well, attend? You know, is that... You know, <laughs> He's walk, he walked home with the gold, you know, perhaps. Royale with cheese, man. Royale with cheese. <laughs> Have you seen that, um, that Gotti film that he did? That was, I think that was his last major yeah. one he did, Travolta. It was a total, I think it's got like one out of ten on IMDb. Oh, Gotti, oh, yeah, I saw Gotti, that. Gotti, yeah, I've not and seen yeah, it. I think that was supposed to be a like a cinematic release, wasn't it? It certainly didn't Yeah, it's like a passion project, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, goodness me. So, um. So after this initial rash encounter and then her giving him um, the star map, of course, Moose starts rocking up outside Hunter's house, doesn't mm, it? Yeah, he writes a letter to him and uh, shows up there and uh, they have a bit of a set too. Yeah, again, again, I, I actually, this is the time when I actually sympathise because Hunter's got his child and he's a bit nervous, a bit jumpy. And I actually, I, I actually felt, you know, fair enough, you know, to threaten him this time. But he realised, you know, maybe he should have realised the first time he threatened him, it didn't work. So perhaps he should do more than just, you know, uh, just keep on threatening to punch him in the face. But I thought it was, because uh, it leads to him uh, signing his shirt, but I thought he was, like, stabbing him. Because they didn't really show it on camera, but he was kind of, like, lunging at his chest, and then he kind of... I think it is. He was just signing, yeah. No, I think he actually does. He does, um, he signs his shirt quite aggressively, doesn't he? I think he does do a really... Aggressive, um, like you know, stabbing motion, but it's like a, it's like a sharpie pen, isn't it? So I don't know what what, what type of stab that would do. <laughs> Just like a little ink squad. <laughs> yeah, they're not literally sharp. Yeah. Good shower would, uh, would would take care of that. Uh, I'm not sure if Moose is the kind of character who would shower, but um, I think a shower no. would take. Care I think. Of that. I think there was a bit of a method acting going on because Travolta did stink in it. <laughs> so. I see. Yeah, you just. You see where I went with that one. <laughs> he did look. Yeah, he was kind of. He had his sniff, sniff fingers, didn't he, into everything? You know, he's constantly sniffing his earlobes and stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. Or putting um, his fingers into into food, and that's later. Isn't yeah. It? That, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. There's, there's Lee, yeah, you mentioned oh. before that the box office take of this film was like. Three thousand, three grand, not three yeah. million, three thousand dollars, fifty dollars a theater, I think it was, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think Travolta, Travolta just brought it. I think it was only LA, really. I think he, he, I think to get an award, you have to have a theater release. I think if I'm wrong, I don't know, but uh, um, I think that's the only reason it had one. Yeah, yeah, for the golden raspberry. Yeah, for the razzers. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know though that the, the budget for this film is according to according eighteen million dollars? Yeah, you get it. Eighteen <laughs> million dollars. Is that for Moose's Hairpiece film with Travolta in it for a million, two million? Where is where have they spent that money? Where where is eighteen million dollars on? Screen? I think it's it's. Because we mentioned the big, uh, the big biscuit in the room. I think uh, they blew it on the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seventeen million dollars goes to Limp Biscuit. Yeah, we have to mention the best, the best um, self promotion ever in a film I've ever seen. Uh, when father and son, Hunter Dunbar's driving with son, and he starts uh, regaling his son with. Uh, listening to Limp Biscuit back in the day. He doesn't call him Limp Biscuit. He says, "Do you want to listen to a bit of Biscuit?" Ah, I, love the, I, I love the biscuit, and then he puts he puts them on. It's it's the worst 
the worst like 30 seconds of crap comes out of the radio and he's like rocking back and forth and he's like looks at his son and goes this is good isn't it and he's like so his son his son like sympathetically nods and smiles his son's not bothered is he his son's like oh my god you're embarrassing me dad i wonder if fred Durst thought this is going to be a hit this film and because it's going to be a hit i'm going to pop in i'm going to sneak in a little limp biscuit while no one's noticing and subliminally Limp Biscuit will, you know, will rise again through mm. the use of a song in this cult, soon to be cult, mega monster hit movie. I wonder if that's. Yeah, but it, it was the it, it was the new stuff as well. It wasn't even kind of like a classic. It wasn't even rolling or you know one of the one of their. That would be hits. A, it was too expensive. That'd be copyright, kind of wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, there'd be some copyright issues, wouldn't it? Because because Fred Durst is he was the lead singer, wasn't he? And he got kicked out, so it'd be some. Yeah, legal issues. Oh, it'd be like Fred Durst's Limp Biscuit. <laughs> like Marty Pello sings wet, wet, wet. So, to get us back on track, um, Todd and Slim, we cut to a very nice looking Hollywood toilet. Uh, I believe they're not, not that nice in real life. Uh, and Todd and Slim are bullying Moose, so they're kind of just generally taking the piss out of him. He's in his uh, Moose is in his Bobby outfit again. And then the security guard, uh, Dick, comes in and breaks it up. And this is, I think this is the point really where it sort of Moose starts to change because he kind of gives him a bit of advice and says you're going to have to sort of learn to fight, stand up for yourself and fight yeah. back. And from that point on, that seems to plant a seed in Moose's head about uh, turning yeah. evil. He um he basically later it later gets confronted by Todd, doesn't it, to like to to help him out with some money for drugs. And Moose totally snaps and pins Todd against the wall and starts going on about Freddy Krueger. I hope Freddy Krueger rips your head off and everyone watches. <laughs> mm. he's, definitely, he's definitely standing up for himself. He's, he is he does and he does fight back. He does start to fight back. But unfortunately a bit later on. Stalker is his trigger word, yeah. Yes, this but this is the problem, is it? Because it's like it's almost like they didn't have time, or they cut all the footage of like the gradual build-up to psychosis. That they just thought they just thought they'd press fast forward and take Moose from just a gentle fan, you know, fanatic who wants who loves this film star to like being a bit a nutbag. I and mean, there was never any hint he was a complete, you know, it, the performance doesn't give you that build up does it there's no, there's no he just goes from that it's just a light switch almost do you know at the start of the film before we saw Bill Kenwright there were like six or seven different film company logos mm. and I thought I wonder if when perhaps they started off with a script for this film to begin with and then as the other backers came on board perhaps someone said Oh, we want a bit of horror. We'll we'll invest, but we want to throw some horror in here and a bit of bit of gore. And I said, okay, we'll pop we'll pop some in there. And um, another backer came and said, all right, um, this film doesn't really make much sense to us. We want we want the girl to narrate, you know. And I, I wonder if this is how these things kind of come together when you have got all this many kind of backers and producers. Yeah, there are a lot of voices. There's too much being thrown into the mix, and it ends up just being you know total. Sort of hodgepodge, really. Like, yeah, you got a lot of voices. A weak director, a, a Hollywood, an ex Hollywood star. Actually, it's quite appropriate hunting a, uh, an ex Hollywood star. He got an ex Hollywood star in John Travolta, and he's, and he's also he's he's not he's he's completely given free reign, isn't he? Nobody's nobody's directing him. He's allowed to do what he wants. Certainly not. No, 
So we cut to another terrible scene where he shows up again at Hunter Dunbar's house, and he's got a le- he's got a letter in his hand, and he uh, he uh, sees the maid, and the oh, maid God. Uh, starts whacking him with the um, with like a bush pan, bush dusty. Oh, yeah. Just just before we talk about what happens to the maid, there's a there's a scene a little earlier on where it seems to imply that the maid and Hunter. Have, oh, used to have, have a relationship, have yeah. Sort of, have had an affair. Yeah, this yeah, possibly yeah. is the reason why he separated from. Yeah, and then even and Hunter makes a call to his agent or somebody and says, uh, "I kissed the maid again." So it's like you know, it's a confession that well, he's been yeah, there before. Yeah, he's done it. Yeah, down, you know, she's going to yeah. be. Um, is that is that supposed to? I don't know what again. Is that supposed to make us dislike Hunter? That scene, or is it supposed to make us think? You know. Fit the pieces with why his marriage. I, I, I didn't get that scene at all. I don't understand it. I, to me, it didn't make him sympathetic. That scene, I thought. No, again, it's another reason to think he's a shit. In on the help, so Moose does this expert palm strike on the nose. Um, <laughs> and then, from, yeah, from nowhere. So you're watching this film. It's a bit of a drama. A bit of, a, and then like he he wrestles with the maid over this stupid letter. And she falls. She you know, the palm strike to her face. She falls to the ground. And and the director to show us that she's dead. What does she do, Lee? How did how did oh, he Oh, oh, a nosebleed. I've, I've had one of, that's really bad. That's really bad, a nosebleed. I've had one of those. And uh, you're telling me that anybody over the age of two would not know that somebody was dead if they were responsive and bleeding. It's yeah. just completely And we'd have cast, we'd have viewed her she's dead because her eyes are open and she's just lying there. But, um, <laughs> although, although, um, you know, uh, Moose is supposed to be now looking, you know, fighting back, looking after himself. I, I thought this was a bit, although he's as we said the, the character is not that particularly well drawn. I thought it was almost out of character for him to kind of respond in that way to her. Yeah, he was it, the violence he showed towards her because she was obviously he, he never like he, the, yeah fair enough he is a bit nasty towards Todd but Todd has been awful to him hasn't he all the way really through the show, film. He doesn't really show the violence towards um, yeah Hunter later Todd. On. That, yeah. he shows, that he shows that he shows towards her. It's almost like a so, it, it is. Well, we find out later it is a kind yeah. of mechanism. So it's ki- so it's killed her. It's killed him. Then he just instead of panicking, you, you'd imagine Moose would panic, wouldn't you? Panic and like run away or something. Yeah. But he doesn't. He just he just calmly breaks into. He would. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he calmly breaks into Hunter's house and starts enjoying. You know, seeing everything that Hunter's like Hunter's, he picks up Hunter's toothbrush and brushes his teeth. He, he goes on the piano and sings like a bad rock and roll uh, song, and it's uh, you know like he, he goes, yeah, and and it's really cringy, and it's and he wanders around and keeps on putting Hunter's clothes on and watching, you know, sitting in Hunter's chair and everything. It's uh, I, I noted that there's one little sequence here where he starts singing "Stuck in the Middle." He kind of goes. Stuck in the middle, stuck in the middle. Oh, that's later. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. it's from Reservoir Dogs, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I thought it's definitely a nod to that. Sorry, that's later on, isn't it? Yes, of course. Well, we're heading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that is, yeah. I mean, he's so basically he's murdered someone. He's he's just dancing around the house <laughs> and uh, enjoying. The makers think that he doesn't know. He's not aware. He's, he's not aware it's a murder, yeah, yeah, and he's and he's uh, <laughs> just dancing around the dancing around the house until and he hides in a wardrobe, doesn't he? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, well, there's, a bit, there's, 
did you notice the bit where he picks up that script and he said, this is not a good script. And I just burst out all laughing. I was like, yeah, it's, it's not a good script. Right? Did you see what was on the front? It was the fanatic, wasn't it? It was reading <laughs> <laughs> that was his copy of the script. He had to have it. He, he couldn't be bothered learning it, so he just had it around. Oh, was it uh, pay dirt? That's <laughs> one of the two. He rejected pay dirt to do the fanatic. <laughs> so he's uh, yeah, he hides in the wardrobe, and because Hunter's like you know wandering around, um, he gets back late at night on any, and Hunter's a bit wasted, a bit emotional, and has some drinks, and, it, and he sits down in like a yeah, he sits down in a chair, doesn't he? And, I think he's got two different sleep medications as well. So he's drinking and taking his sleep meds. And uh... That's it, yeah. And Moose, Moose, when he's asleep, Hunter in a chair, Moose like, starts doing selfies, doesn't he? He starts taking selfies with Hunter. <laughs> so was... Sniffing his ears and stuff like that. Yeah, just generally <laughs> sniffing him. And he, and he chooses to, you know, again, it's, it's so, you know, dispassionate view of autism he chooses to sleep in the chair next to the person whose house he's broken into whose maid is killed you know people with autism or special needs are aware of reality you know they're aware of these things and moose chooses to sleep in the chair next to him you know uh, he has this kind of flashback moment doesn't he to his childhood where he's watching night of the living dead as a young kid yeah. It's all black and white, yeah. and then in the background, his mum's kind of a bit of. I don't know if she's a bit of the hinting at she's a bit of a drunk. She's like, seems yeah. to be a bit drunk. Going out the guy, oh, she's. Boys, yeah. In front of the TV. I've seen, probably seen it in, you know, a billion other films, that kind of. Uh, that kind yeah, of but that's the only backstory we get, isn't it? To his, yeah. his life, is that seconds. five seconds? Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like they want us to believe he could. They want us to believe that he, he's gone from the moose we know, or what we didn't know, to being Kathy Burke in misery, in like, in <laughs> in like the space of the space of time. <laughs> Not Kathy Burke. Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> what's the actress called? He oh, played Kathy the woman Burke. in the Not not Kathy Burke. Kathy, what's she called? The the American actress played Misery Woman. Kathy Bates, that's it. Yeah. Not Kathy Burke. That's a I am smoking a fag in it. I want a brown baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's like, it, it, and then, yeah, and then Hunter, Hunter wakes up, and we don't know how, obviously the, the filmmakers couldn't be bothered to show this, Hunter wakes up uh, tied uh, and secured to a bed by his arms and legs. Oh, hang on, yeah, no, because doesn't he return home? He, he, he goes back to, he meets like Leah, they're at a kind of outside cafe, and oh, she yeah. confronts him about the selfish, she says, I can't oh, believe yeah, I that, yeah, yeah. you've taken, you've posted that on social media. Um, and you know she's kind of like kicking off about that. Um, so so really, the uh, the next bit happens after that. So I think he caught, she calls him a stalker, and he sort of storms off. Oh yeah, I'm not a again, stalker. He, yeah, he's getting triggered again. How long has this? How long has this maid been dead for, though? Because she's yeah, dead about, for about three weeks <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the garden, not hidden in a bush. Yeah. In the middle of the garden, <laughs> this, de- this dead maid. They find her eventually, don't they? Uh, yeah, we... I, I know that celebrities live coveted lives behind like ivory gates and stuff. But come on, a big dead maid in the middle of the garden. <laughs> Somebody's going to know it, aren't they? Uh, something that you just mentioned, gates. Something yeah. that occurred to me was Travolta tried to either try to break in. Or yeah. broke into the house about three or four different times. I kind of, I kind of lost count. Oh but yeah, I, yeah. It's funny that at the start, you know, Hunter 
Dunbar has got these huge gates at the front of his house that no one can get through. And all Travolta seemed to have to do after that was kind of just sneak in round the side, and it worked every time. There's a big gate, a camera. But yeah, it's pointless, isn't it? Go, go up the side of Hunter Dunbar's house, you can just get in. There's a little gate. You know what? I bet it tells you that stuff on, on the app. Yeah. <laughs> there's, that, there's that bit where uh, his maid, before she dies, tells him uh, there's been somebody lurking around in the back garden, and he's not—he's not concerned. He's just, oh yeah, it's probably the gardener. It won't be the kind of guy who's been stalking me for the last three days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, he's, he's atypical, and he has like a—he has like Mexican gardeners, and he's like a bit rooted and hunter, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's so, repulsive yeah. to them, isn't he? He's, yeah. uh, especially the guy. Um, yeah. So he's a, a game of. Moose Burns, you see, I mean, how does he get this flat, like, this amazing flat he's got in Hollywood? I mean, that would the rents are there are astronomical, aren't they? He's got this fantastic open brick, spacious flat, projector set up. Yeah, Moose is dependent on the hawking he does on Hollywood Boulevard, and, and it shows him being crap at it. And it's nobody bad, ever... yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a scene earlier on where the, the girl, the girl doing the narration, who's, who's his paparazzi friend, Kind of says, "I'm I'm supporting you." Isn't isn't there a scene where she kind of says says something like, "I'm supporting"? Oh you. yeah, but she yeah. Even, yeah what, that that's just a weird situation, isn't it? Is she giving him money in some way? I don't know. If they made that character like a niece or something or a carer, yeah, you know, that would have made more sense. But like, yeah. you just couldn't couldn't buy this. This he's nearly seven. Travolta's nearly seventy. She's like could play a high schooler. And yeah. you just can't really buy this relation. They really seems to be like. I mean, there's one bit where he's like hand feeding her a chip, and and yeah. there's, there's like a really close relationship there. But it seems to be unless she's she using is. him in some way. I don't know. I think she mentioned something about him finding the celebs, and she photographs them or something. So maybe yeah, there's this maybe mutually uh, beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but well, also, I think it's part of Durst's vision. Part of Durst's vision to. Really have a sketchily, sketchily. <laughs> relation, relation. No, I think I honestly think his vision was that to show that even people who seemingly seem good, everyone in Hollywood is out to get you. Everyone is, you know, everyone is, uh, you know, corrupt. Everyone is an exploiter, and the whole place is, you know, is, is a shit show. And I think that, that that's what he. So even someone like her is like she makes some money off uh, taking photos of uh, a paparazzi, isn't she? She she takes photos of boob shots and underskirts and stuff. She's a pretty horrible character, um, mm. but she, but with a soft spot for Moose. Or does she have a soft spot for Moose? Or is she basically using him? Well, I had to look at what BBF was because there was a few uh, explanations of it. One was best butt friend. And the other one was uh, best buddy buddy friend or something. So sure. I don't know what best book friend is. It sounds sounds a bit bit rude. I don't know. If, if that's Big what boob flowers. So are we heading towards the? Because uh, this is what we're probably going to. Yeah. Burns the jacket. He, he burns the jacket, doesn't he? He burns the re- yeah. the three hundred pound, three hundred dollar Rico jacket. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, space, space transvestite? What's it? Space he's, there cry, he's there crying, isn't he? He's like, anybody could do acting, you know. And yeah. uh, I kind of, yeah, anybody could do your kind of acting, Travolta, at the moment. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is a terrible script. It's gone on meta. And now he's kind of like, anyone could do acting. Anyone could so, act. 
So guys, we're we're heading towards this is this is the film which this is the part of the film where which everyone will remember if you forget everything else the horrible last act um, yeah. where Moose is you know as we, we talked earlier he's he's broke into the house and but he's quite a big strong heavy man uh, Dunbar yet when Dunbar fell asleep in the chair he's managed to uh, secure him in a bed uh, with hands tied and legs tied oh. and ropes across him. They don't show it, though, did they? That was so annoying that they didn't show how he... I mean, they hint it, because he's got his tablets and and a beer at the side of the bed. They don't show how... You know, you'd still wake up. It's so impractical, because, like, the size of, you know, Dunbar and stuff, you you know, he's not a little guy, is he? And it it, it really is that misery moment, isn't it? You know, you're waking up in the bed with that all tied and gagged, and, and you don't know what's going on, and then somebody enters the room. It's, I hadn't, it's, you know, I hadn't yeah. even made the misery uh, connection there, but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely yeah. that going on, isn't there? Yes. He, yeah, because he wakes up with uh, tissue paper in his mouth. I don't know. I was just going to say that. Yeah. It, how how did he not notice? How yeah. No, it's even while asleep, some stuffing paper in his mouth. Maybe maybe it was caught. Maybe it was cut, but that's uh, Dunbar's uh, it lives on the paper. <laughs> and he eats, he eats bad scripts. <laughs> I wonder what he was dreaming about. If he was dreaming about a really terrible meal, he's just like, oh my God, this meal tastes of cardboard. And then he kind of wakes up and it's just this paper in his mouth. Oh, this uh, and when he, he does so hard. Yeah. He does. Um, I mean, I think it, I think Durst like his actors improvise because he does do the obvious when he wakes up. Like he's mumbling, "What the fuck, you know?" He's because he's got no script. He keeps because like, <laughs> the script is in his mouth. He keeps like, "What the fuck, what the fuck?" And then, uh, and then you know, Moose. But Moose is wearing uh, what mask is he wearing, Carl? <laughs> oh, is it a Jason mask? He's wearing the yeah, Jason mask. Yeah, he's wearing the Jason Voorhees mask, and uh, and he's got the knife, and it's uh, and it, it's like. And he fake, uh, fake pretends to stab him, and and then he and then he starts laughing uh, that he's a great and moose like saying, "See, I'm a good actor. I'm a good actor." <laughs> 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 and uh, and and then it gets to uh, um, Dumba. You know, as most people would, you realise you you're in a, a very vulnerable position. It's not worth getting this person angry. Um, he starts mm. sympathising with Moose, doesn't he? Yeah, he starts giving him a bit of a sort of actor's uh, breakdown of a sort of visualisation, doesn't he? Of it'll be me and you and watching some good sci-fi movies and a bowl of chocolate ice cream. And he's like, no, I want strawberry. He's like, okay, yeah, strawberry yeah. ice cream. Yeah, it's 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 actually you know it. It's it's not a nice moment in the film, but basically you think that okay, he's going to get him, and then he'll he'll you know he'll get you know the one the maybe you think there may be some type of scuffle, but you think that you know obviously he's going to you know eventually coax and you know dissuade Moose from this action of like what he's done, uh, but then I don't know if anyone wants to lead how this horrible twisting nightmare starts <laughs> in the film like about five minutes. Yeah. Later. He unties one hand, and then um, Hunter sort of takes the um, the knots off the other hand, and then immediately proceeds uh, to grab a weapon. Is it a shotgun? A concealed shotgun. Shotgun. He uh, 
he basically, fair enough, fair enough putting the other guy's book into your house, fair enough, like, maybe knock him down and punch him, but to actually torture him and, and blow his hand off with a shotgun, yeah. and then and then kick him down the stairs when he's in massive agony, and then, and then well, I don't know if anyone wants to lead on the next bit. Who's going to talk, talk about this bit? I honestly... Well, he, fired, he, he, he fires his... <laughs> He fires his rifle uh, on each on each side of his head, which I think would have been enough to you know that you could have stopped there, you know, before you blow his hand off, fire the warning shot, you know. Gonna blown. He knows this guy's autistic. Yes, we know Dumbo. He knows he's autistic, so now he's gonna blow his eardrums and blown his hand off, and you know, not to mention the injuries have thrown him down the stairs, and then the next hideous bit, the really cruel. You know, it's like it's totally unnecessary. The next part. It actually made me stomach churn a bit, even though I know it's a bullshit film. He he, he finds a carving knife, doesn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, he grabs like a Rambo knife from... It's like he's been prepare, preparing for this all, his whole life. He, <laughs> he, he grabs his Rambo knife from the... I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've got a Rambo knife in my uh, my side drawer, definitely. And, the, um, and you think... And then I'm watching this because, you know, now I expect anything from Durst. I think, well, maybe that's it. He's just going to kill him. But no, instead of killing him, he tortures him further because he, he just stabs him in the eye. He just cleanly stabs him in the eye and it cuts to, like, you know, the obvious hand over the eye and loads of blood pumping out. Mm. But then the weirdest, the worst part of it all, after all that horror, he then lets Moose stand up and he calmly holds the door for him and he pats Moose on the back almost and says... <laughs> Let's see now. It's in the night. He actually bandages his arm up as well. <laughs> yeah, it's at that point where he thinks, "Oh, you know what? Maybe I've maybe I've gone too far." <laughs> oh yeah, after blowing his hand off, uh, blowing his eardrums and stabbing him in the eye, maybe I've took it a step too far. <laughs> so, he he did promise that he wouldn't call the police, didn't he? He he kept that promise. Oh, that was good of him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he he could have called the police. He let yeah. him go. And. And Moose, um, Moose shuffles his way home back to Hollywood Boulevard. We don't know how close Hollywood Boulevard is, but he's managed to walk all this way to the boulevard. And yeah. it's probably miles and miles if you think about where stars would live. Judged by the pain, yeah. the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame that he's covered yeah. blood on, the, on the way. So he's probably walked about 15 miles with uh, his hand missing and his eye dripping and 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 then people, all these all these fans, these tourists start gathering around him and complimenting him on his makeup and how realistic he looks and taking photos. People at Hollywood, you know, the, the, the true face of Hollywood, the, the policeman act, the British Bobby act wasn't doing the job. And it's at this point It's at this point that the world's shittest the world's shittest friend turns up, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and she. The other thing is, she she's, she doesn't care where he is. She dry, She <laughs> finds him completely by accident. This is <laughs> it. Throughout, throughout the movie, everybody right. finds oh. themselves immediately, don't they? By accident, it's just yeah. like screech to a halt the car, and there's Moose. You know, L A. L A. By all accounts, is quite a big city. So, yeah, what's it? A city of forty million people, or something, probably yeah. more. Or something, yeah. So <laughs> she finds him, and she she goes, "Oh, Moose, we have to get to a hospital." She realizes that you know he's been messed up by his stalking, which she basically caused. And then, and then, um, the worst part is the last wrap-up scene with you Dunbar. The worst part, rather. No, 
I still I still can't get over how, how Fred uh, Fred Fred Durst West <laughs> how 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 he. How he possibly could think that this would explain the whole film. So basically, the police knock on knock on Dunbar's door, and the other the gardener points at him, saying, "Yes, he's my boss, or whatever." And at that point, we know he's implicated for the murder of the maid. Are we supposed to, at this point, not assume that the guy's not going to say, "Oh, I had a nutcase in my house, yeah. and uh, I blew his hand off and shot, stabbed him in the eye, and his his fingerprints and blood are all over the house"? Is he really just going? Fred, Fred wants us to believe that he takes the rap for the murder of the maid. Yeah, he goes <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. Moose survives completely. <laughs> He's kind of good. You'd think there'd be some CCTV outside as well, wouldn't you? Some cameras. <laughs> He's got cameras all over his house. This is a Hollywood film star. They, earlier on, they showed a camera quite clearly at the front of his house. Are yeah. you telling me that there yeah. would not have been a running camera to show Moose totally murdering the uh, maid earlier on, and then running off. He's, he's covered in somebody else's blood that isn't his or the maid's. So, yeah, he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's also his fingers all over his carpet upstairs. Questions, wouldn't it? The, the other thing I thought is, um, yeah, Moose gets away, and, and she says, "Oh yeah, he so he lost his eye, lost his hand." But and he adapted. Moose, or he he took it as. Um, what, what's a badge of honor was it? Badge of honor. Um, yeah. Okay. And does it? And does it cut to like some really terrible, shocking animation? So yeah. moves like moves with a hook for a hand. Yeah, a pirate basically. Yeah. yeah. It shows yeah. Moose is a pirate doing really well on Hollywood Boulevard. I think the guy who did the uh, the the drawings was the he's out of Limbisca. I think he's like the oh, one who dresses no really like really weird the kind of basis i think or something i think he okay. did it all right. um but i don't know if you notice right at the end instead of it like her helping him into the car and straight to the hospital they're kind of just wandering down the the the, the walk of fame and they kind of just yeah. stop to kind of look at a star uh and i think he sort of points at one of the stars and says something about uh it's Louise Fletcher. Fletcher. Louise Fletcher, Fletcher, she's not a good nurse, which is like one flew over the cuckoo's <laughs> nest. Yeah, so Durst has to get a final quote in at the end because he thinks like quotes equals like good reviews if it like It's awful. Yeah. It's also he's trying to scream to people that he actually has an appreciation of film yeah. and he's got a knowledge of film and actors and actresses. So there's, a, there's a few name drops all the way through the film. But we, sorry, Fred. After seeing that film, I still think you're a pal of shit. I still think your film's awful. It was funny you mentioned that, that, that final picture of um, Moose, if we go back to that. She's pictured in like a, an angel wings and a halo. So I wondered, is that hinting that she's not a real character? That she's like a kind of <laughs> Joker's girlfriend? You know, she's his guardian he, angel. Yeah, she's his guardian angel because she doesn't interact yeah. with any other characters, does she? And it's really weird. It kind of it would explain it if that was. She's the worst guardian angel ever. You have to get stabbed in the eye and your hand blown off. And, uh... <laughs> so lately, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about Hunter Dunbar. So, to begin with, he's an unpleasant character. He seems aggressive with with everyone he kind of encounters. Certainly, people who he employs. And with with Moose, we see him in a couple of scenes with the maid, where he seems quite, I don't know, tender and affectionate. There's a scene with him and the boy, his son, 
where again he seems he seems like a relatively normal person and then his character arc just kind of goes off to becoming a like a complete sadist um do, has, has hunter dunbar done this before has he has he shot people before has he killed anyone before it just it just seems like completely maniacal yeah, the level of violence. Do you think Durst is trying to make some comment on the, these films that we're watching are corrupting us in, in some way and perhaps are leading us into violence? You know, the fact that Moose has grown up on horror films and, and Dunbar's been acting in them like as if there's some, it could cause you to have an un, you know, unconscious violence in, in, in the heat of the moment. Or so. Do you think he's trying to make some deeper point or am I reading too much into it? No, I think he's... Dunbar is believing his own publicity because it, it did show a clip from one of his films where it's, he seems to yeah. have an action action movie star. Yeah, it's an action star. Yeah. He started to believe yeah, for... himself, what, you know, his character on the screen is, uh, has become him. But there's, there's not enough to kind of, you know, to... To suggest that, I don't think, um, but that that might have been the intention. I think that's an, yeah, I think it is, and I think he's he's basically saying to Muse with the violence that this is is this what you want? Is this what you want to see? Is this what is you, this want, what you want? want? You know, yeah. and he's like he's like he's dishing out every horrific thing that we see in these films, but the film doesn't build you up for it, so you're not prepared for it because it so comes out of the blue. You know, you know it's not going to end nicely, but you don't expect you know the cruelty and the torture, do you? It's, uh, yeah. I was just going to say that, that it's the, the 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 violence towards Moose. I've, I, I mean, I found the scene with the maid a bit odd and jarring. But I, I, I thought the I thought the the scene with Moose was just, it was just from another film. It was just it was uh, ugly. They, mm. Yeah, I mean, they they mentioned some other films like Saw, and they mentioned and actually showed uh, Night of the Living Dead as well. Yeah, yeah, um, but. It just it just seemed totally out of place to me. Uh, it it was almost like we need a horror angle to dress mm. this film up as a slightly horrorish film on the poster. So we're going to add. It's almost like Durst's wank fantasy about what he would do to somebody who broke into his house or something, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. like yeah. I'd end I'd end up getting myself in trouble because I'd probably like shoot one of you crazy guys and then then I'd get in trouble for it. It's almost like his kind of wank fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you said earlier about the, you know, who's the protagonist. I mean, you get to the yeah. end of the film, and you're like, well, let's let's just, you know, evaluate what's happened. A moose has killed someone and um, invaded someone's home and tied them up. And what's what's his penance for that? It's brutally he's, he's tortured. Just, he's just got away scot-free. Yeah. And what's happened to the, the, the hunter? The hunter. Um, he's He's... Presumably, he's taken the rap for killing the maid for no good reason, and um, yeah, that's it. So, is what that, happens so... in the, what happens in the fanatic two? Do you think we we have <laughs> gets out of prison? He's got a sawn off shotgun. He's stalking. Well, whichever, whichever the protagonist is, or whichever the protagonist is intended to be, or maybe it's both of them. What do we take from that? I, I there's nothing I can think of logically that. Moose accidentally killed someone, so you know he's he's been arrested. Or, oh, I mean, I, I suppose he had his hand blown off. And he he had he lost his eye, but I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be feeling throughout the whole movie. I wasn't sure like whether I was supposed to be sympathetic or laughing or shocked. So I didn't find 
there wasn't much tension. You know, when he was in the house, was it meant to feel tense and like, oh, you know, we could come back at any point. And I, I wasn't yeah. sure. The bits where he was like walking around in the background where Dunbar was in his house, was it was meant to be creeped out by that? It was just a car crash, watching a slow motion car crash, really. That, that yeah. was my only emotion. I mean, compare this to our film from last week, Pay Dirt. I think overall, I mean, th- this film was similar to Pay Dirt. It's 90 minutes. So I guess it could have been cut down from a long film. I'm not sure, though, because the, the credit roll at the end, and I only noticed it because I was really tired and I wanted to go there. <laughs> if you watch it on, I watched it on a streaming service. £1.99, by the way. Uh, I think oh, wow. Was, was it worth every penny? That's for it back. But um, yeah, it was the credit roll starts at like 81 minutes. Jeez. And it lasts till 90 minutes. So that's nine <laughs> minutes of that film gone. And you mentioned before the, the kind of the endless scenes of um, Travolta on his scooter before it kind of. Explain. Oh yeah, that's that's a good five ten minutes as well. So I, I yeah. don't think they can't have had like masses of material that they had to cut out. I don't think so. I can't see it, especially if they um, with credits and you know scooter sequences. <laughs> Personally, uh, what I would have probably done is cast Travolta in the B movie star playing himself almost. And then have uh, Devon doing the other role because he's played that in Stan Eminem video already, and he did pretty. I don't know it was only a music video, but he did a decent yeah. job in that. So he knows how to play it, you know. And you could have had it from, um, you know, Travolta's perspective and made him a more sympathetic character, and then he's been stalked yeah. by this more, and and just cut autism out of it completely. It's like having a Down syndrome serial killer. You know, it's just <laughs> such a bad choice. Just I would have- do taste it leaves a bad taste throughout the entire film it really it never shakes off and especially with the other material that kind of crosses with it so badly clashes with it you know so badly like the the kind of violence and um... if it was me what i would have done was cut all the fat out basically would have removed all those other characters just make it a really narrow film just central just with the two characters and i I I agree with flipping the two characters i think travolta would have been better to play like a version of himself and, uh, and they have the other guys, the hunter and the stock, and just have him straight, you know, not not with any dancing through or special needs, and not not to be so obsessive with the politics of like the whole idea that Hollywood is a swirl pit, and this is what you get in Hollywood. It's it's been done to death, that, and we didn't need to see it, did we? Just do a straight like misery film, but you know it would have been called a misery ripoff, but it would have been a lot more entertaining. If we if if they'd gone more down more of a sort of social media angle, I know they touched on it with the the selfie and oh, stuff yeah. like that, but they yeah. they could have had like uh, you know uh, moose catfishing, you know uh, Dunbar and p- pretending to be a female <laughs> line and doing going, that would have been amazing. Yeah, you know. uh, that would have been good. But, I don't know Watch that. But I think I think I think there's a movie there. I think there's, there's, we're ready for another stalker film. I think you know there's been some good ones over the years. We're ready for an update with with social media because everybody everybody puts their lives online now, don't? So it's it's crying out yeah. for it. Yeah, there, there there are lots of good stalker films. Misery. There's one called The Fan with Robert De Niro and Wesley mm. Snipes. It wasn't great. King of Comedy. King of Comedy. Oh, that's a, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. so I, I, I really agreed about the um, Travolta like basically playing himself. It would have been very kind of meta, and I think it would have been... Uh, yeah, it was like... It, it might have been... It'd be like a, a Van Damme. 
if they'd have done yeah van damme did it in the jcvd mm. and yeah. that got lots of awards and lots of accolades and it kind of revitalized his career i, I yeah. wonder if if it had been done well enough this could have done something similar to for travolta who's had a very mm. up and down career all the way through his yeah. uh, to be fair to him, you know, like Lee was, Lee was telling me that you know he he channeled his son um, Jet, who he lost through adultism, but he, he plays him so one one dimension, doesn't it? And also the poor guy's lost his wife recently, so he's he's gone through yeah. a lot. Of it, but he, yeah, he's, he's yeah. had a lot to do with. Uh, I tell you what would be really what would be a really good film if they did like they went back to the Greece characters. And we see what happened to a to the teddy boy from Greece. You, uh, what you was know it? What was it? To the people who were popular at high school. You know what happens. Yeah, it'd be a fat loser, wouldn't it? Somewhere. Yeah, what would it be? Down the pub, down the pub every so, night. It, they got seven kids. What was his character called? Was it called like Danny Zuko or something? So it was like we see Danny Zuko or whatever his name. Was. I've <laughs> like never seen Greece. <laughs> full full disclosure, I've avoided it so far. He's like a, he's like a car park attendant, and Sandra Dean Sandra Dean left him like thirty years ago, and Lee, he's. If, you're, if your bag, Lee, if your bag <clears> is <throat> watching forty-year-old blokes dress up as as uh, high school teenagers and sing songs. Then Greece is the film for you. It really is. Greece <laughs> is the word. <laughs> Greece is the word, man. Um, yeah. But that, if they made that film, that would be a, that would get box office. That'd be crazy. Greece. Yeah, because yeah. he, he went so out of fashion, didn't he? He had the Look Who's Talking yeah. films in the eighties, and then he kind of went into obscurity, and then Tarantino brought him back for Pulp Fiction, and then he was cool again, wasn't he, for like five minutes? And uh, yeah, I think well, he managed to shoot. Was it Battlefield Earth in two thousand? The silent yeah. Scientology movie that, that killed, killed him again. Yeah. yeah. Although he did. I am. Um, you know, in some um, the odd, the odd kind of popular film. I love Broken Arrow and I love Face Off. Face Off <laughs> is amazing. Yeah, I will fight people on Face Off. It is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, we were talking about like alternatives to the film that that we that we saw. I think a really obvious, I mean, this does sound obvious, but one thing I thought they could have done if they wanted to include some horror was they have a film whereby Moose, um, you know, stalks the guy for a long, long time, but they had to make the, the Hunter character more accessible, more kind of friendly, like a nice guy. Yeah. And I think they could have done a twist around at the end there where Dunbar... Uh, actually turns out to be a nutcase idol maniac with a past yeah and he yeah, yeah. and that's when he kind of turns the tables on moose and does blow his hand off you know sticks to yeah. his eye whatever what have you whatever you want to have him do and that would have been although it's a bit obvious perhaps he, it could have been a different way to handle the film yeah. like moose breaks yeah. into the house and there's somebody tied up in the basement you know and he finds out is this real dark never meet your heroes is this really dark side to him or something exactly. yeah, any, any, this is the kind of movie that makes me really think that i could write a screenplay you know because i can't <laughs> no. do much worse than this how do they get it so badly wrong how do they get something like this so badly wrong with so many possibilities so many different ways to handle it and they chose this you know, i think you're I think you're both missing the point. I think I think there's a long game with this, and this is the fanatic one, and there's yeah. nine parts to it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the kind of that in twenty years' time, you know, like people now like I'm a Blu-ray collector. 
I, I look yeah. at films that companies are putting out that are like 20, 25, 30, 40 years old that I've not yeah. seen in years that I think, oh, I'd like to see that in like a really nice restored edition with loads of extras. Um, do you think in 20 years people are going to be clamoring for a, a restored edition of, of, of The Fanatic where there's a commentary by Moose um, <laughs> and, <laughs> offset making of and the oh. Bill Kemright. Is is that a people to be looking for that in twenty, thirty years time? Oh, they go um, complete they go complete uh, goofball comedy and the next film's called Weekend at Moosey's. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend at Moosey's too in the <laughs> Mate, we need to like that. We and we get Travolta on board. We're telling him he can produce it. And um, yeah, he can, he can put Scientology in it or any shit. Give him his yeah. scooter and his um and his hair and his syrup, and he'll be uh, he'll be away. He'll be he'll be very happy with that. So should we? Uh, are we going to say whether we're put? I mean, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? We don't need to go around each other saying if we're putting it in the morgue or putting it on the train. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not going. It's not going on the train to Busan, is it? It's, I'm not going to put him on on the dawn of the dead helicopter out of the shopping mall. <laughs> I'm going to put it slightly higher shelf than Pader. I'm going to put it on like one shelf up from Pader, but it's still in the basement of the morgue. I think. And I just want to say for anyone still listening, like we are going to start choosing. You know, just by pure chance and the odds. We are eventually going to hit a film that we all like. Um, one, one day. <laughs> Promise. No, guys, this film goes in, into the fucking morgue. No question about it. It's it's awful. It really leaves a bad taste as well, which I really don't like. Yeah, it's. I did think about it for days. It's. it's yeah. You know, I think there's. There might have been a good idea at the start, but it's clearly been like pulled and pushed and stretched and changed and this, that, and the other, and it's and it has just become. Um, I wanted to give Travolta a hug and say things will get better, mate. <laughs> I, don't like I don't like Travolta in this film, but I, I, no. I think I like Travolta. I think I do. I think we need to watch him in Saturday Night Fever in his glory dancing and just remind ourselves that you know he was once a star. A really good and, uh, Travolta is um, Blowout from Night Nation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy Parker. Uh, he's really good in that. Um, and there are, there are a few others as well. Cool. 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 So, so um, Pedro joins uh, joins <laughs> the fanatic in the morgue. <laughs> this morgue's going to be filled with bodies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So the the morgue now has two corpses. <laughs> one, <laughs> one is missing a hand. Yeah. Yeah. One's got no voice, and one's missing a hand, and a. And an eye. Okay. Um, do we have any ideas for what what we should watch next? I mean, we've we've gone straight to video route twice here, and um, yeah, we have had a chat about um, doing a horror classic, haven't we? Or I always think if we're doing horror classics, <clears throat> we, we were talking about Night of the Living Dead earlier in the mm. week, um, which and Night of the Living Dead referenced. We've not really mentioned it very much, but it's referenced in. Um, so many horror films. Yeah. A few times, then they show clips from it as well, and that's because it's it's free. It doesn't cost them anything to uh, yeah. show that yeah, film. Um, so I don't know. My idea is either Night of the Living Dead, or this might be a bit trickier to find at the moment. 
but because we're the Manchester Morgue podcast, yeah, we could we could do Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Those are two, my two ideas, but I'm I'm open to suggestions. I was I was thinking about Rosemary's Baby because I've not seen it for years, and yeah, I remember it giving me the absolute creeps when I saw it years ago, and mm. to see it, to see it now from the perspective of like you know with a bit more of an adult sensibility. I saw it was a teenager, Rosemary's Baby. Um, I'd, be, I'd be open for Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, but it's it's you know the devil's child. Suggestions for um for our third our third podcast pod, can't even speak third podcast uh, maybe pod. Nicholas Cage I don't know some kind of Nicholas Cage movie he seems pretty oh yeah you know yeah one of um, one of his classics what's the what's the vampire one the one where you're, everyone always raves about him being really over the top in the vampire one he did good luck that one. Vampire's Kiss. Um, Vampire's Kiss, yeah, because I saw that last year. Um, and it is it is brilliant. Like 80s, isn't it, that one? Yeah, it's 80s, yeah. yeah. And Vampire's Kiss, yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Anyway, I'm sure whatever it is, it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be better than this film, I'm sure. We'll, pick, we'll try and pick a decent film, yeah. Yeah, one that we don't have to consign to the morgue. The morgue is has limited space. Yeah. And, uh, the train to boost has got loads of... Uh, loads of... <laughs> cabins free because yeah. remember there are three levels there are the morgue there's the living dead which is like the middle you know kind of six out of ten and then there's escape to freedom you know you're a survivor so um, we've not, we've yes. not even had a, a living dead yet that's true yeah. so uh, thanks everybody for um tuning in again and um you know just give us a like or a comment you know if there's anything you constructive criticism or you know if you enjoy the podcast let us know and we'll be on Twitter all week and posting about different bits and bobs. Uh, and I hope we'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks very bye much. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>